Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones. And Good morning. This is Text Driven Tuesday. Yep. We uh, took off last week for Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Jay? Yeah, we did. It was pretty good. Went up to my grandma's house, and all the family came out. She's 96. I saw on Facebook that your uh, your dad did a Thanksgiving devotional. Does he do that every year? Yeah, he'll usually say just something real brief and then pray. Yeah. It'll like have a little moment of silence for the people that died recently. Okay. Yep. So. Very good. Yeah. Yep. What'd you guys do? I uh, went to my in-laws. Got to just kind of relax at my in-laws' house. Cool. Eat good. some good food. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a good weekend until came home and some of the kids got sick. Mm. So that's always fun. That's such life, though. Kids are just sick all the time. Yeah. That's the way it is part of growing up yeah i i'm terrible with sick sick kids yeah yeah like throw up oh no that kind that's terrible just slowly back out of the room (laughs) poor kids yeah man yeah Mm. yeah well they seem better now that's good but uh it's always um it's always good to hear a sermon that you need to hear. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad this was able to help you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's um, it, it's just a good reminder. We don't we don't really plot out our preaching, mm-hmm. and there's no way that you can you know match up sermons with with all of the life situations of people. Yeah. But it, it's just a reminder that as we're we're committed to expositional preaching through books of the Bible, just chapter by chapter, verse by verse, that God in His providence, He just just lines lines up the situations that people are in with the passages, and they yeah yeah that's right. You know, I've heard the the criticism of expositional preaching that it doesn't cover. You know, it's it's not topical, so it doesn't it doesn't deal with topics that people are are dealing with. Mm-hmm. But that that simply has not been my experience at all with expositional preaching. Yeah. Expository preaching it it is topical. It's just not the preachers um, the preachers preferred topics always. Yeah, you're not picking the top. You're gonna you're gonna just deal whatever is in the text at the time. Right. So, yeah, yeah the um, <laughs> you know. I wish that I had written down all of the times like something happened providentially. So providence, if you're listening, is just that we do we believe that God is sovereign over everything, and that includes the movements of people, the plans that you have in your preaching, like all of this, and has arranged things as a way that he sees sees fit. So God's doing the choosing on the given day, really. Right. Um, preaching professor once said uh, that it, it is the height of hubris to be a preacher who who 
never preaches expositionally mm. because what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I know what these people need mm. and I'll pick the topics. Right. And I was like, I kind of get what he's driving at. Right. Uh, because I, like I said, I wish I had written all these down. There are so many, but one of the most drastic was, I can't remember what text I was preaching, but we had a visitor was a, over at Redeemer for the mer- merger. And that we had a guest, um, and I, so I just preached this passage, and it's a, it's a it's very high sovereignty passage, God's control of all things and things like that, because that's what was in the in the text. Yeah. Like before that, I had you know had preached you know who knows how many forty sermons that had nothing to do with that. Yeah. And this guy afterward, he's just he's almost like you know he's kind of teary eyed, and he was like, you know, I I was just over there at the grocery store. And somebody at your church said, "Hey, why don't you? What are you doing this morning? What What if you just came to church?" And he's like, "I'm not even from here. I'm just visiting wherever because, you know, uh, my wife just died." Mm. And he's like, "That's exactly what I needed to hear." Mm. And if you'd have told me before, like, there's gonna be a guy coming whose wife just died a few days ago, right? I might have second guessed some of the things you were saying, preaching the way that I did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I had no clue. Mm. Um, and then there, of course, just the numerous times for just the people who are members of the church. Yeah. That, the same thing. We mm. should start writing them down. Yeah. We should start writing all of them down because there's like coincidence. No, there's no way <laughs> right. these things are pure coincidence. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that, that's what the passage was about um, yesterday. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And uh, so I guess we can just jump right in, right? Okay. Um, you you uh, you started your your sermon with a an illustration, um, about bull weevils. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, the bull weevil. Yeah. Uh huh. I didn't catch what year that was. What year was that? Uh, nineteen fifteen. I think is when it arrived. Okay. I can check. Let me check in my notes. Yeah, 1915. Okay. Bull arrives in uh, Enterprise, Alabama. It's mm. a big, it's a big cotton cotton industry. Yeah. And this is a, it's an invasive species of beetle from Mexico, South America, and uh, and it just destroyed all the cotton. I, the farmers, they had nothing. This was their yeah. whole life, and it happened. Um, Two years in a row, so they tried it two years in a row. Third year, some people tried. They switched. They switched it up. They said, "We got to try something else. Let's try peanuts." And peanuts were like, I mean, the ground, I guess, was just primed mm. for peanuts, and it just exploded. <laughs> and they had, they made more money than they could ever dream of. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, so they they made a statue. So they made a statue. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually pulled up the statue. If uh, Larry, if you want to change over to my screen there it is there's the statue <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um my my wife said that she's actually been there she's she's, she's seen, seen the statue yeah yeah they uh this they they made a little inscription it says in profound appreciation of the bull weevil and what it has done as the herald of prosperity uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> this monument was erected by the citizens of enterprise alabama <laughs> yeah there it is yeah it's got to be, I don't know if it's the only, it's the first monument to a pest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But right. point, right. point was, you know, he gonna, you're going to have adversity in life. Right. 
You don't know how it's going to come or like what shape it's going it's going to take. But it's going to happen and when it happens, you don't have the ability to see out of it. Right. Like you can't see even in past today. Mm-hmm. You don't have the perspective to be able to see what's going on with that adversity. So of course you can't possibly see any good that could come out of it. Mm-hmm. All you can see is bad. Right. And that's how that's that's what it started with, yeah. Okay. Well, um, this is uh, this is kind of a, a switch in topics in Ecclesiastes. So mm-hmm. the last time we were in Ecclesiastes, we we're talking about money, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so now we're talking about adversity. Yeah. Um, is there any is there any logical connection, or or is he just switching topics? I think maybe the only thread that would kind of hold them together would be uh, a person who has true wisdom will take these things to heart. Okay. And listen. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh let's have you read the the passage. All right. Um where let, let me pull it up. <laughs> did I catch Did I catch you off guard? You didn't uh, no, you didn't know wrong, we were talking about I got about, the wrong text up you here didn't now. No, we were talking about your sermon from Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had it up, and I had up the NASB. I got you. But I, I can't switch things up like that on people. I've been reading from the ESV on this program, mm-hmm. so I'll stay with it. Okay. All right, I got it up. Okay, Ecclesiastes 6.10, and I'll read through 7.14. Whatever has come to be has already been named, and it is known what man is, and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he The more words, the more vanity, and what is the advantage to man? For who knows what is good for man, while he lives the few days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow? For who can tell man what will be after after him under the sun? A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death better than the day of birth. It is better to give... Go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter... For by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of the thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This is also vanity. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, and in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. There you go. All right. So uh, the main the main point is that there is um, you're going to experience adversity. Mm -hmm. It's going to come, whether you like it or not. Right. Even someone that has never experienced adversity. They've experienced a pretty easy life. They will at some point mm-hmm. yes. face adversity. And so this passage is is meant to um to show us that we need to have wisdom mm-hmm. um 
in preparation for the day of adversity. Um, verse 14, you said, is kind of the, that's that's like the main mm-hmm. verse. It, yeah. it leads up to that, yeah. that the day of the day of good right and the day of evil god has made both of them mm-hmm. um and so how are we going to respond when adversity comes right that's it yeah you got it so what what uh, there are different ways that people can respond to adversity right, right. um because we all, mm-hmm. it, it, this is not just a, this isn't just a, a Christian thing. This is everybody who's ever lived is going to experience some form of adversity, right? Um, and yeah. so we have options laid out before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there may be there may be some others, but I think there's kind of some main categories. Some people, uh, even people that would profess to be Christians, they'll face adversity and they'll do it like a pagan. And what what I mean by pagan is not. Like you might be thinking, this is someone who's not a believer entirely, but that's not what I mean by when I say pagan. See, a pagan really believes in gods. Mm-hmm. They just believe if they do the right things, the gods will bless them. Mm-hmm. So adversity can strike, and even the person that is professing to be a Christian can then approach or respond like a pagan, and they'll think, well, bad things have happened to me because I wasn't good. I wasn't good enough. Yeah. If I had been better then the bad thing wouldn't have happened to me and God would have blessed me. And you can't you can't do that. Like I said that's a pagan way of looking at suffering mm-hmm. and pain. We saw that uh, several years ago with um Eckhart Tolle. You remember the big Eckhart Tolle craze? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know uh, what that law, is. Law of attraction. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh what was it called? What was the name of that book? Power of Positive Thinking? No, no. The Secret. It's called mm. the secret, um, and uh, this was this blew up. I don't know, ten years ago. Okay, uh, Oprah was pushing it. <laughs> okay. um, it All the, right. the secret, the law of attraction. Right. So if you if you declare, if you you can speak, and you're attracting, uh-huh. you're attracting things. People, so people would make their vision boards, right, about things that they wanted. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, if you speak negative things, negative, negative things, things will, happen. will happen. So you need to speak positive, positive oh. things. Um, but this was this was just uh, the paganism that you're right. that you're talking about. But uh, the word of faith has Christianized oh, yeah. Yeah. Christianized that pagan big time that pagan um, law of attraction. Yeah. yeah, and we'll have to deal with more of this next week mm. um, as he kind of takes another angle on looking at uh, religion, I guess you could call it, religion and the righteousness of man, perhaps. It's an interesting passage, yeah. that difficult one, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I already have a headache. Larry came in, I was in there, I'm studying, and I said, oh, I said, Larry, I need a break already. Yeah. <laughs> it's Monday morning, I already need a break. Well, if we, we'll, we'll hold off on you know the discussion of that, but... If you're living that way and adversity comes, um, then your response is going to be, well, I've been attracting this, <laughs> these negative things to myself or I haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. I haven't done enough good. And you can fall into despair because adversity is, has right. come, right? And yeah. It's, it's, it's my fault, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you could be... Um, uh, I was I was thinking of of atheist mm-hmm. 
and how they would deal with adversity. I think they deal with it like a deist, yeah. honestly. Now they don't okay. articulate it out loud, but you know, I well, some of them do because they're mad at God, right? Like this is the type of thing, you know, when uh, uh, who was it? It wasn't Richard Dawkins. It was the other guy, uh, the one who's kind of a loud. He was kind of a loud mouth. Hitchens. It was Hitchens. <laughs> Hitchens. Okay. It, it was Hitchens. He's like, if you know, if I ever talk to God, I'll say to him, "Cancer, how dare you?" You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that's what uh-huh. he really believes. Right. Like, he's. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows there's a God. This is Romans chapter one. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But when something really bad happens, it's strange, isn't it, George? How people they get really mad at God, even those that don't believe in Him. Right. And that and that an odd thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but there are those who maybe aren't outright atheists. Maybe they're agnostic. Um. But even professing believers can fall into this category, um, that God is there, he just doesn't care. He's just not, he's not good. Yeah. Like he's let the universe go, he's not involved. Mm. He doesn't really care, yeah. one way or the other. Um, of course, then that just makes people bitter and angry. Um, so Christians <clears throat> can even fall into that. God yeah. doesn't care about me. Right. And then, of course, you can face it like a, like a Christian, like a believer, yeah, someone who has someone who has faith. Um, so, and so this passage is meant to help us to face adversity, like like a believer, like a right. Christian, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll walk through it. We'll okay, talk through this. Um, you uh, you you said that uh, you you outlined this as three lessons about wisdom and adversity for your life. Right, which you you emphasize for your life because right. this is not, this is not, um, just kind of this this uh, this general mm-hmm. um, knowledge for people. Mm-hmm. It, it actually is meant for you mm-hmm. because you're going to face adversity. Right. Um, yeah. So before that happens, yeah, this is you have to be prepared for adversity. This is not a reactive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I mean. You know, that's it's kind of the uh, the thing that they tell people. Uh, you know, when you're in school, or even you know when you're, it's just a practical thing. If somebody's like suffering, right? You, that's not the time to go up and throw your arm around them and be like, you know what, you know what, buddy, um, this is actually for your good, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not the time. All right. Yeah. The time for that's before it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when someone's suffering, that's just time to be their friend. Right. You don't want to be Job's friends. Uh-huh. You just want to be a friend. Right. And be there with them. That's it. <laughs> so get it. Get Job's it. friends who were living like pagans, right? Right. Oh, Job, you're, uh, you're suffering oh, because. Oh, for real. For real. I mean. Because of your sin. They right? are. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And he's looking around like, you know. Like, yeah. What, what, you know, what sin are you guys talking about? <laughs> right. Perplexed. Yeah. Yeah. So beforehand. You want to have these truths kind of settled. Mm-hmm. The Bible explicitly teaches these truths. Now, you might object to them. Pe- yeah. People object to these truths all the time. Mm. Um, but they're explicitly taught. So see what they say, what the Bible says about these things, and then believe them beforehand. Mm. Um, or else, you know, I don't really know how someone who doesn't believe these goes through things. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I, well, as we're walking through it, well, we're this is a this is a um, 
high sovereignty passage, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that for a lot of Christians that would not articulate these truths in the same way as we who are reformed mm-hmm. would, I think they, I think they still live kind of in a inconsistent way. Mm-hmm. Um, because they still would say God's in control. Um, he's got a plan for you. Right. Things like that. Yeah. Um, which can only be true if, if the way that, uh, you're, you're teaching this, um, is true. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's, I think that, um, there's just this, um, kind of inconsistency that yeah. we have to deal with. You know, I was teaching uh, Sunday school yesterday and wouldn't you know, it pure coincidence, it happened to be the class was called the plan of God. <laughs> pure coincidence, of course, George. Yeah, I didn't, we didn't plan, I didn't plan it, right. didn't plan it at all. You taught last week and uh, this week and that's how I started the class. I'm like, hey, when people say, you guys ever hear somebody say, well, God's got a, God's got a plan for your life. <clears throat> like what context is that usually in? Mm. And it's usually something bad's happened. Yeah. So everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. And people that aren't even like right. churchgoers will say that. Yeah. Which is, it's isn't it weird that that type of knowledge seems to be just mm-hmm. built into us? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, let's look at these uh, these three three things for us uh, mm-hmm. about wisdom and adversity. Um, the first one is found in verses 10 through 12 of chapter 6. This is uh, two wisdoms in conflict in your life. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, he doesn't come right out and say it. Okay. This is what's difficult about the way that, uh, at least I think difficult for us because we're so far removed from mm-hmm. this style. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a style that's foreign to us. Right. But this passage is really framed around the words Adam. Mm. It's four t- four times it's used in these verses. The name it's a name, mm-hmm. right? Um, Adam, Adam, and so of course then you have to at least ask: Is this a reference to Genesis? And I think it's not just you know a, a slight reference. I think it's an overt reference. Mm. Um, but really what he is getting at it as you'll see as this is this unfolds is there's there are two competing wisdoms in in your life at all times there's wisdom from god that's the wisdom that comes down from above so in the new testament uh, that's that's what it's called the wisdom that comes down from above or the wisdom of god and then there's another wisdom there's the wisdom of this age wisdom of the world and that wisdom is called earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Mm-hmm. I thought I found the last phrase to be very interesting, mm-hmm. considering the first temptation. Right. And so um, we come to the passage. <clears throat> I think what this passage answers for us here in the very, very beginning is where all adversity comes from, kind of the origin of it all, uh, whether it's um, self-inflicted suffering because we we are just we just do stupid stuff because we're sinners and we bring pain upon ourselves or it's being sinned against by someone else or it's a natural natural they call it natural evil mm-hmm. uh, man-made disasters sicknesses uh, things like that or it could be even um, natural tornadoes whatever all all types of adversary and suffering they come back to this original, question of who gets to, who gets to determine 
what is good for man. And you, you can see that's here in uh, the passage. Who knows what is good for man? That's kind of the question that this next entire section is getting at. And we say man. Like, that's how we answer the question. Right. Um, well, going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, the um, the the idea that um, you know preachers don't preach book book by book through the Bible because well I've got to hit these topics right like I know I know what's what what mm. they need mm-hmm. better than right <laughs> right <you know. laughs> yeah uh, than. God does that. Right. I mean, they wouldn't say that. They, yeah, they, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't even be thinking it. But just in a practical way, that's that's how they're right. They're they're living right? right. But that's the way that we all do. We all think that we know best. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, this is the original question. This is uh, really what's going on there in the garden. And so, as he kind of moves through this very strong allusion to the garden, he starts with a. Profound statement, very, very strong theological statement. Um, I don't maybe even know a way that it could be framed in a a stronger way. Uh, Whatever has come to be has already been named. Um, And so then the question you ask is, like, does that mean what I think it means? (laughs) And it does, right? It does. If we said it in plain English, we'd say, whatever happens in the present has been predetermined. So to name a thing is to, as we know from the Bible, to have authority and power. Mm. And this is what God does. He creates, he names day, night, you know, land. He names everything except for let's Adam name the animals, which interesting because man's over the animals, right. has authority over animals. Sorry to uh, PETA and all of the... Listeners, there, <laughs> all of the vegans. He names his wife too, but maybe we don't. Want oh to go no, down George! That. <laughs> maybe we don't want to go down that mm. that road this morning. George, are you saying you're complimentarian? <laughs> so this this strong statement is what starts the discussion on adversity. I just find it incredibly interesting. There's no beating around the bush with yeah. what is said. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever happens in the present has been predetermined by God, um, and that's that's important because when you go into adversity, you're going to start to ask these questions like, "What's happening? Is God in control? Does He even care? Does He know what's going on? Is He even paying attention? Um, or, you know, has He left us? You know, outside of the garden, He's cast us east of Eden. Outside of the garden, are we in control? Like, do we have sovereignty and authority now? And and He's just Watching, it, you know that's. Um, I didn't take any time to go and find actual quotes, but uh, did you know that the Word of Faith movement actually says that in the fall, God lost authority over the earth? I did. Crazy, yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, so, it, it's it's authority over the earth has been given to the devil now mm-hmm. um, because of Adam's sin. So God doesn't have authority so he had to sneak he had to sneak jesus in as he's as like a trojan this, horse right um in order to win back right to take it back uh, authority crazy it's a crazy theology man yeah. it is yeah I've, i heard it on the radio um, i think the guy here in town uh, oh really over there yeah he's a kenneth copeland um he was mentored by that guy kenneth copeland i believe mm. so yeah but 
here's the idea. Even east of Eden, you may look around and see oppression and injustice and things may be going on, but God is still God. Whatever whatever happens, happens because God said so. And this is an important distinction. We, we talked about this on a free-for-all, I don't know, a month ago, um, about uh, open theism. Mm-hmm. We were talking about open theism and that God is not... Um, he 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 knows the future, so against open theism, he he knows what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even more important is that God is not just he's not just a fortune teller, right? He's not just looking down into the future to see what's going to happen, right? Um, because yeah. of God's um, omniscience, His omnipresence, um, His eternality, His immutability, His aseity. Right. All of these characteristics about about who God is, uh-huh. um, He doesn't look into the future. That's not what this passage says. Right? Mm-hmm. Whatever exists has already been named. Right. So, like God, beforehand, so God, so <laughs> right. God ordains yeah. the future. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't learn the future. He ordains the future. Of course, that can be difficult for people who are going through suffering, mm-hmm. and that become that. And the reason that is is because we're just a man, which this proves the point all the more for the next thing that he says. Mm. And it is known what man is and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. You can't see past, like I said, you can't see past five minutes from now. Forget tomorrow. You know, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of this podcast. I don't know what's going to happen in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's uh, that's been proven yeah. true yeah. <laughs> time, time again. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, we don't is, even know if the podcast is recording true. while we're while we're talking, <laughs> and we have to go back and start all over. Yeah, um, but this is where this is where our anxiety comes from. Mm-hmm. Us trying to fix the future, <laughs> trying right. to trying to make sure that we get the we get the outcome that we want. Yeah. Um but we don't know from from moment to moment what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if this podcast is even going to be completed. Right. Um I mean, the ceiling could fall on us could. in this building. <laughs> that's yeah, it's a possibility. Not a hyperbole. Um so we don't know what's going to come after. But the the hope that we have the encouragement we have is that God is already there right? right yeah so just in I mean we're just in the very beginning of these passages think just think about what we've encountered already uh, God is sovereign over everything whatever whatever exists like whatever exists now has already been named and you're just a man it's known what man is. Well, what is what is known by about man? Man is a created being. Genesis one through three. Man is not the creator. He is a finite created being of the dust. And then after Genesis chapter three, God tells him, "You're of the dust, and to the dust you will return." Uh, so right off the bat, he's putting us. We're getting put into our proper place. And what's needed really when you're facing adversity is, I think, a, to take a posture of humility, to admit that you are 
that you're not God, that you don't know what this is for. You maybe just admit you don't understand it, but to admit your own limitation. You are just a man. You're just a man or a woman. You're a creature. Um, You know, you had a beginning and one day you'll have an end. But there's someone who doesn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end and has appointed this day. And just because you can't understand it um, doesn't mean that um, these things are not true. So that's the place where you have to start, and that's where that's where Solomon starts. And we can't dispute with with God. So verse ten kind of gets at something that may would happen when you enter adversity. Can you dispute with one stronger than you, even even another human? You can't, right? You can't even dispute with another human stronger than you. Well, how much more God? Can you dispute with the infinite God? The the distance between us is vast. It's even it's indescribable. Can you contend with him? And the answer is no. He's asking these questions that have obvious answers. You can't. Uh, Adam tried. And that's really the the origin of where all of this happens. Um, Adam Adam tried. Adam and Eve they tried. Uh, Eve she saw that the fruit, it was desirable to make one wise, right? So that's her temptation. She wants wisdom, but here's the irony, is that she already has wisdom. <laughs> right. God's already told her. True wisdom is wisdom which comes from God. God has already told her, here's how you live in this perfect world that I've made. I've made a world's perfect, given you everything, I'll, I'll, I will live... I live and be with you. You get to be in my presence. You can have anything in the world. Eat anything you want. Um, you can't eat that one tree. Because when you eat of it, you're going to die. All right, that's wisdom from above. That's how you live in God's world, and you thrive and you prosper. What is, how is Eve tempted? She's tempted because she thinks if she eats that fruit, she's going to have some type of wisdom that she doesn't have. So she's seeking a wisdom from from below. And that's the two wisdoms that are in competition. Men contending with God over this question. Um, Who can say what is good for man? That's what he raises in verse 12. For who knows what is good for man? And man's answer from the beginning, from the time of Adam and Eve in the garden, has been, well, we know God's told us what's good for us, but we want to be the ones that say what's good for us. Right. And so the two wisdoms are in conflict. And I think that's the picture that's painted in these 10, uh, 10 through 12. I think that's what he's trying to bring out here mm. because the main driving question is that um, who, who knows what is good for man? And the answer is only God. Mm. Only God knows. And I think that, you know, the story that we see play out right before our eyes, even this, it's this, not just of us, but really of all of human history, is man saying, we know what's good for us. I mean, you go to every different culture um, through time, and you'll find a whole host of answers to this question. What's good for human living? I mean, you have all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? You've got the, uh, the Mayans over here... Um, tearing people's hearts out on that pyramid by the thousands, and they think that's good. Right. <clears throat> well, well, who were the the conquistadors to tell them it wasn't good? The, the conquistadors have a different idea of what's good, you know? Um, 
you go over to uh, to the far north of Europe, and like and you've got my ancestors doing crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> they're tripping on shrooms. You know, thinking that's good, going into some type of a bear, thinking they're becoming a bear, like running around and ransacking and pillaging. Pure utter madness. We think so. This is madness. Well, they say, "What are you talking about, man? Like, this is good." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is history. And and, and look where we are today. Where mm-hmm. are we today? Right. Everything God said is good in chapters one through three. We are in America, like in a race to see who can undo all of that. Mm. So, as God designed sex to be good yes well how how many ways can we pervert it that's like well we'll say what's good and we'll create any number of things is uh is marriage between a man and a woman good well let's redefine that how about man and woman themselves well we know what's good for us so let's redefine all of that yeah. let's change society again and who's to say in another 500 years i mean who who knows what it could be Maybe society will say, you know what, um, it's not it's not even good to have uh, babies. Let's only have babies in a synthetic womb. We'll have like a warehouse where you can just come in and pick out how you want your baby to be. You don't have to worry about being pregnant. None of that. That's no problem. Um, and there you go. Hmm. So who who knows, right? That's the point. Who knows? And the question is, or the answer to the question is obvious, only God knows. God can tell us what's good for us. Will we listen? That's really the question. I was uh, I was looking for this quote while you were talking, because I, I had like the, you ever have like the pieces of the quote, but you don't have the exact yeah. quote? Yeah. All the time, yeah. Uh, this is John, John Flavel, uh, Puritan. He says, uh, Providence is wiser than you, and you may be confident it has suited all things better to your eternal good than you could do had you been left to your own option. Mm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do. We, we, uh, we think that we know best. This is where our, all of our anxiety is coming from, is trying to um, uh, control the future. We're trying to control all of these uncontrollable things, mm-hmm. um, but God's providence is is wiser than us. Um, there is immense freedom and joy and peace in just trusting God, mm-hmm. just throwing all of our dependence upon Him, um, mm-hmm. knowing that He is is all wise, um, he's all powerful, um, he loves us, and um, he's already predetermined everything that's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Right, yep. And so, you know, as you go through life, these two, there'll be these two competitions that are always before you. It's not, it's, God's wisdom doesn't compete, but in your mind and in your heart, there's a competition because we are prone to sin. And it, and it is this. Will I receive receive wisdom from God 
or will I set out on my own and seek the wisdom that comes from the world? Um, and one of them has led to all adversity that's ever existed. Um, so the idea is we don't want to seek that one out. We want to have the wisdom that comes from above. Right. Um, which begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a mm. reverence. To, so to take a posture of reverence for God, which is the exact opposite of what Adam had, mm. or he would have listened. They would have listened. Right. So before adversity comes, we have to understand um, that there are these two competing wisdoms, and they're, they will hit even harder when when the day of adversity arrives right all right so that's the that's the first that's the first one that's the first one um so when we're when we're talking about this high view of god's sovereignty Mm -hmm. and that whatever whatever comes into existence has already been named Mm -hmm. um so we need to we need to pursue this 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 wisdom that trust in god's sovereignty right um the um the criticism could be well you guys are just fatalist right um you're just tossing up your hands and, uh-huh. and saying well whatever god has decreed is going to happen right regardless uh-huh i think the second the second point that you you bring out here mm-hmm. balances it out mm-hmm. because there there is a balance that the scriptures right um, present mm-hmm. right it's not it's not um God's decree, regardless of whether you get out of bed or not, right? Right. Um, there is human responsibility also, mm-hmm. and so the second point is found in chapter seven, and it goes through verse twelve. It's that wisdom is essential for living your life, right? So God, so you need to you need to um, acknowledge and and humble yourself, uh, um, and have the wisdom from above that says that God is is sovereign, mm-hmm. right, over adversity, but. You also need to live a wise life, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't just you don't just uh, not stop at the red light, right? Because you're like, whatever will be, will be, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, God has given us wisdom, right? Um, wisdom from above, yeah, so that we can live godly lives, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, so we've got verses one through twelve, and I, I think these will be fun to. Yeah, fun to walk through. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> you know these these he it's Solomon. He breaks out into some proverbs. Right? He does. Yeah, the, you can see it in your Bible. Well, most Bibles I think will offset this text uh, in a way that you can see that you know, this these are these are now proverbial statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what he teaches here in these verses is wisdom where it may be found, which comes from surprising sources. Where can wisdom be found? Uh, what does a wise person look like, and its superiority? I guess you could say those are the kind of the three three main sections that yeah. are here. And he sets it up in better than statements. Mm. That's the way he presents it. Mm-hmm. So if you read it, you're going to encounter it. This is better than that. This is better than that. That's better than this. And that's the way uh, the way he does it as he moves through. Mm. Okay. So yeah. Uh, okay. So verses one through four. Um, you you. Kind of lump those together. Hang on, George. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I asked the question. Oh, yeah. Or I said, you know, there are better than statements, and I gave uh-huh. mine. I said, you know, the, there's the argument. And I know your boy likes basketball. Uh-huh. LeBron or Michael Jordan? Who's better than who? Mm. 
I answered Jordan. Yeah. What is your answer? I, I would say Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not saying Jordan's a nice guy or a good guy because uh, <laughs> you know I think <laughs> right. probably he's he's pretty conceited. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, his. Mm. Um, Hall of Fame. Speech oh, dude, is one of the cringiest things. <laughs> that Hall of Fame speech, which he he's he says in there. I think he even says he feels lost without basketball. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, yeah. But he torched his high school coach. Did you Did you say it was very vindictive? Oh yeah, because he cut him. Uh huh. Yeah. But if see if he would have if Jordan would have had the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above, he would have understand that. Him being cut right. was the fuel mm. that made him great. Yeah, but he didn't. He yeah, doesn't, he, he, doesn't have he could it. have been thankful for God's providence yeah. in his life. Yes, here he is, the best basketball player. He wouldn't be if the guy if the guy wouldn't have cut him. He wouldn't be what it was. Yeah, wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, God's God uh, God's providence is not just working for believers; it's working for the in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what is really um, a comfort. And we, we need to talk this way more. The, the Puritans spoke this way. Um, the Reformers spoke this way. That God's providence um, is how he is working all things for the church. Mm-hmm. So the way that the world is governed will ultimately benefit believers. Mm. And uh, that God has created the world for Christ and his church. You're right. And right. that means that everything that happens will ultimately be for the glory of Christ and for the good of his church. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can be thankful in, in all things that happen. Right. Right. All, yeah. all things that happen in history are, are for the good of the church. Um, now, how does Jordan's uh, being, <laughs> how's Michael Jordan's life being providentially governed? How is that going to be for the glory of God and for the church? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you can glory, you can, you know, you can glorify God and that he's made people capable of doing such amazing things. Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, Another flavor quote is that uh, providence is like uh, reading Hebrew. It's way backwards. Backwards? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. All right. So better, better than. You got any more better? Better than? Better than? Well, so Thanksgiving. Football is better than football. Football, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I heard that the U.S. was chanting. It's called soccer. Was that true? Is that true? It's called I've soccer. Heard, I've heard some. I've heard some things, but I haven't actually watched any it's videos. Because I think all around the world they call it football. Yeah, 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 football. Yeah. Well, on Thanksgiving, George, what do you prefer, pecan pie or pumpkin pie? Uh, I, I prefer pumpkin pie. Okay. I'll, and I, like I'll I said, it, it all depends. I'll eat a pecan pie. I love but. pumpkin pie too, but it depends on, like I said, who made the pecan pie. It really does. <laughs> I said, and I, people may laugh. They think that you know this is a joke. I guess it's maybe funny, but that's it's just true. If the lady made it says pecan pie, mm. then you better get some of that because yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. You ever had a really good pecan pie? My my grandmother makes a really good one. Okay. Now, my my mother in law makes a good one, but the reason I don't eat it is because I know my father in law loves <laughs> her pecan pie, and so I, I just don't eat it out of Man. Uh, you just respect for him. I, I let him I'll let him eat it because there's a pumpkin pie over there here, and he and he doesn't. I hope he, he doesn't. Listens. He doesn't really eat the pumpkin pie. So I hope he listens I'll to the, the podcast. I'll eat the pumpkin. <laughs> And he can hear how much, how much you uh, actually care. I'll eat the I'll eat the pumpkin pie and and leave the the pecan right. pie. But my grandmother she makes a really good pecan pie, and I I can't, I don't know. Now I've got to 
Now I have to listen the next time I hear her say it. I I think she says pecan. I told you. But I don't I don't know. Now I'm now I'm second guessing it. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean I don't want I don't want someone like from France making my pecan pie. Like, <laughs> Would you like a pecan pie? Like, no. <laughs> I don't want a pecan pie. What are you talking about? <laughs> pecan pie. <Okay. laughs> Oh, <laughs> George, you got to come back to us. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to go on after that. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a proverb, and it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> got to reset reset gotta, mentally. George. I know. I got. All right, I Solomon gotta, uses gotta, a series of better than. Better than we use better yeah. than statements uh-huh. all the time. Solomon's right. using some better. I did better enjoy than. your. Uh, I enjoyed your uh, your little um, story about being at uh, physical therapy with <laughs> with Drake. <laughs> yeah, and your you you prefer physical books. I I agree. I, do, yeah, I, I yeah. prefer physical books. I like. Um, I there, there's just books, so, yeah. there's just something there's there's no there's no substitute for a for an actual real book. Yeah. Um, I know that we live in a time that, that we can pull up our Bible on our phone or, or mm-hmm. you know, read a book on, on Kindle, but having the actual Bible, um, a physical Bible, uh, there's, there's just no, yeah, there's just no yeah. comparison. I'm with you. Uh, but you had, I'm with your, you. you had your story yeah, of, yeah. of reading a book at, uh, <laughs> at Drake's physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. You like that? Or you yeah. wanted me to retell it? Well, I was, I was wondering about this book that you were reading. Um, I'm reading a book called uh, Satan Cast Out. It's a demon book on demonology. Okay. Yeah. Who, so, who wrote this? I, I don't remember the name. Okay. <laughs> I got it's, it's in there. I'm, I'm not done with it. So uh, where where did you hear about this book? Um, I was listening to a podcast on the same topic. Um, something about teaching a Sunday school class on it. Okay. And there was a list of resources in there, one of which was the Christian Incomplete Armor, mm-hmm. which I've been trying to get my hands on a hard, hard, hardback copy of that, which is apparently hard to find. They, I mean, you can get them in the regular, you know, paperback reprinted, but I, I'm looking for a hardback because it's a big volume. Those are there's like three volumes. Yeah, Christian yeah. I had Armor. I had one. I think I, I think I have a hardback. It's a gigantic book, Jay. Are you sure you want this? I, I <laughs> want sure it. I want it really bad. Okay. That's that's the things we want these days. Mm-hmm. How, how 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 funny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just sitting there reading for physical therapy and just um, just minding my own business. That's mm. you know, if I'm going to wait somewhere more than five minutes, I usually have a book. Yeah, this lady comes up and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "What are you what are you talking about?" She's like, "Is that a real book?" <laughs> yes, it's this is a real book. She's like, "I haven't seen anybody read a real book in years." They're always reading ebooks, you know. And she was like, I think a little too friendly. Mm. I don't, I think I think you know you shouldn't be that friendly with people of the opposite sex. Maybe I misinterpreted it. But so I put take the book up to my nose and I smell it, mm. and she can see what it is, <laughs> and she back and she backed away pretty quick. Backed away pretty quick after that, George. But that's part of reading a book, in my view. You may think I'm weird, but books have their own 
smell. They have, yeah, they have a good smell. You can't smell your tablet. You get a new, uh, a new, like really nice Bible with like goat skin mm-hmm. leather. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, Jay. Even your own Bible. That's good. All right. Get <laughs> your own smell. Your own personal Bible that should smell like your home. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like your family. Mm. You know, if you keep your Bible in a in a a kitchen while uh, while while family's baking for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, maybe your there Bible you will smell like pecan pie. Maybe so. It's a good idea. <laughs> good idea. Is there anyone still listening to I this don't know. thing? <laughs> I don't even know where we are anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Ecclesiastes seven. <laughs> yeah. The first uh, the first four verses, Jay. Um the first four verses, George, they can they kind of contain a, th- a theme. And here's yeah. the theme. Uh and it's a when you read them, you're gonna say, This is this is doesn't seem right to me what he's saying, but yeah. here's the theme. Reflection is better than escapism. I think if you understand it through that lens, that this is what he's driving at, reflection is better than escapism, well then you'll get it. Okay. Because yeah. he starts with an easy little proverb, uh, one that you're not going to say, that can't be. A good name's better than precious ointment and perfume. Everyone would say, right on, gotcha, we agree. Because what is it to be rich and wealthy if nobody trusts you or likes you? But it'd be better to be poor and have everyone trust you. Thank you, a person of integrity, obviously. So he sets you up. It's like he sets you up (laughs) almost, and then he drops these little gems on you. The day of death is better than the day of birth. Like, hang on a second. Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. How can that? How can that be? How could it be? I mean, when your child is born, you remember the birth of your children. Oh yeah. You can't. You can't like ever forget them. Mm-hmm. You can't ever forget that. Now I forget in all kinds of days in between. Yeah. But you can't forget that day. Right. That's one of the happiest days of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how could it possibly be that the day of death is better than that? Yeah. So strange. <clears throat> Do you want to go through all 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 four verses before we come back to that? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Better to go to the house of mourning mm-hmm. than the house of feasting. Same thing, right? Um, ha- again, how 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 does this add up? Um, sorrow is better than laughter. Through sadness, the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of the of mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of myrrh. Again, and we're asking, mm-hmm. how can that possibly be? So they all yeah. share the same th- theme, right? About. Um, the day of death being better than the day, <clears throat> the day of birth, mourning better than laughter, all of these things. All right, so verses two through four, I I, I get those. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's talk about that. Better is the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. Where I, what? Uh, well, you you preached it, Jay, into verse one. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's, <laughs> You, the day of death. Could, could you explain that one? I think that we can hit verses two through four pretty pretty quickly, but that one, that one maybe is a, a little <clears throat> bit tougher than the other ones. Okay, um, it's not settled. First off, whether it's your death, but <laughs> okay, uh, all right. So one's death. Um, well, let's say let's say it was you took it to mean you, the day of your death is better. So I'm than using the day of I'm birth. using the legacy standard right now. Okay, um, and it it supplies words in italics, right? And they they put one's death and right and one's birth. So right, yeah, yeah. That's an interpretive right. So if if that's the way, and so the ESV reads a little different. But if you mm-hmm. take it that way, <clears throat> and that's fine, then that mm-hmm. would just seal in uh, the good name. Because you don't have a good name until you're dead. Mm, okay. It's not really good, because what could happen to you 
was what happens in the warning that he gives to the wise here. I gotcha. Which is, you got to watch out because even the wise are prone to becoming fools. Yeah. So the good name's not done. Okay. It's just the beginning of the matter until the day of your death. Mm. The day of your death, people can say, oh, yeah, you know, man of integrity here. Could it be a a more of... um keep a watch on your life don't don't just rest in your um familial status or mm-hmm. you know may have been born into wealth or yeah or something like that that you have to you have to live for that 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 death day mm-hmm. and you want to you want to end well it's yes not, it's not how you start it's how you end right yeah yes it could be that yeah Okay. That can be the first one, and some will take it that way. Um, I, the way that I kind of took it is um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's your funeral that sure. you're at. The day of death, the funeral, um, it's a, mm. like a funeral, okay. like or a day. Okay. So while we are prone to think these great days of celebration are better for us, it's actually the days that we don't think. So the days that we think are actually really bad for us, we go to, uh, there's a day of death, and then there's a funeral, house of mourning, all of that. And we are in that time. What Solomon is saying is, that's actually better for you than these others. Now, we don't think it is, but it is. Yeah. I like I like what you said, that uh, the one thing that happens to us all is the one thing we try to never think about. Right. Yeah, we we never think about it. It's it's a strange thing. Like it happens to every single human, and we never think about this day. Yeah, we've we've talked about this, I think, on here before. The kind of the morphing of um, how how our culture deals with death. Mm-hmm. It, it used to be that people died in their homes, right? I mean, you you'd be in the house while someone in the next room was dying, and you would see the you would see the dead body. But yep. now you get. You get sick. Mm-hmm. You go to a hospital. Um, you're, you know, you're in this sterilized building. Uh, people don't have to come and and see you. You can die in this cold room. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, nursing homes. Like we just kind of push people to these uh, these places where you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so our our society has become kind of sterilized to death. Right, yeah. And so his answer that he gives kind of comes at the end of verse um, 2. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Hmm. So how? why is it better? Because these times force you to reflect on your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really get a lot of wisdom, yeah. like, you know, the birth of your child incredible happiness it doesn't really make you wise yeah you go to a funeral it forces reflection mm-hmm. and and reflection brings wisdom am i am i loving god am i loving my neighbor as myself am i caring for my family i love my wife um am i a person who has a good name person that people trust that has integrity what what sins am i thinking i've got time to deal with still i've got time i'll live till i'm 75 will you Hmm. maybe you should repent today right maybe you've heard the gospel you know 
tons of times in your life and you keep thinking, you know what, later, later I'll be ready to repent and come to Christ. Mm. Well, a, for, a funeral is going to force you to, so, to say, maybe not. Maybe today is the day right. that you should uh, you should repent and trust Christ mm-hmm. and believe the gospel. Yeah. Uh, that's why Moses wrote, teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom, uh-huh. right? Um, Psalm 90. Yep. Yep. That's it. Um, but you've got, you know, better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Yep. Um, better is, LSB says, vexation. Uh-huh. Um, sorrow than laughter. Right. Um, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the heart of the fools is in the house of gladness. Um, we the other the other is escapism. That's right. what he's telling you. Right. We we want to ignore. Yes. We want to ignore the reality uh-huh. of of death. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and this this is this is maybe um, worse in our generation than any generation before us because. It's there's never quiet. Mm-hmm. There's never there's never time for us to stop and just reflect on these things, um, because there's always your phone is with you, or the TV's on, or you're on the internet, or you're you're just always bombarded with other stuff, mm-hmm. and so you don't have to think. You don't have to think about death, right? If, there, if there's a time where you're not doing anything, you you just scroll through Facebook. You're never thinking you about your you life. Yeah, you don't think about it. Um, you know, I follow a, a, n- a number of variety of things on Twitter, uh, different different viewpoints, worldviews. Right. So, you know, my Twitter hasn't changed. I guess some people's has from the time Elon took over. Mine really hasn't. Um, even people that are not Christians recognize the the value in having time of silence where you're alone. Yeah, and that's what's surprising is. If a non-believer recognizes this, how much more should we? And so, you know, I just read one yesterday. It was like, do these five things for six months straight, and you'll be unrecognizable to those who know you. You know, like get up at 5 a.m. Because mm. uh, it's a life hack people don't take advantage of. Get all the stuff done. But one of them was uh, sit quietly for 10 minutes a day mm. alone. They didn't even say, like, I thought well, I was waiting, like, are they going to say, like, meditate or whatever? They didn't. They just said, sit alone, mm. undistracted, for 10 minutes by yourself. Because what, what happens? Well, you're going to start thinking about mm-hmm. uh, self, it's reflection. Right. And, and funerals make it happen. Right. You're not taking your phone out at a funeral. I mean. Unless you're really disrespectful. <laughs> you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Um, and... But people escape it. That's the alternative. Reflection is better than escapism. Mm-hmm. That's the house of feasting and laughter and whatever. Right. People would rather go there and just never think about this other. Mm. So wisdom is found in these other places, in these sad places. Yeah. Well, we we probably should just kind of shoot through these. Okay. Um, we don't have to have you preach the All preach right. the sermon over again. Um, verses five through six. Listen to rebuke. Yeah. It's better to listen to rebuke. Uh-huh. Right. Um. People don't do that very well. Rebukes better than praise. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. think if somebody comes up and rebukes you, you're not thinking like, "Hey, thanks for blessing me today. <laughs> right. Thanks for the great ble- blessing and helping me to become wise and, yeah. and more godly." Yeah, and yet that's that's better for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, I did have a question as we were as you were going through this. Um, 
So better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. Um, for as the crackling sound of thorn bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. Mm-hmm. So this this never never saying anything critical about someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he says this too is vanity. Mm-hmm. What uh, what what does he mean by bringing in vanity right there? Uh, so vanity. Can mean different things in different contexts. Mm-hmm. It can mean, you know, empty. Right. Probably a combination of empty and fleeting. Um, okay. And the reason that could, probably could be is because the illustration of thorns under a pot. Okay. So if you want to make a stew, you're going to cook it maybe for hours. Mm-hmm. You got to have real wood. Right. But what do you use to get the fire started? Mm, okay. Thorns. That's. That's the flame. It'll it'll shoot up in a flame, mm-hmm. make a you know big hot flash for a while, and then it's just gone. Right, and so p- probably just it's it's fleeting. The compliments compliments are fleeting. Compliments are fleeting. Yeah. Okay. Um, verse seven. Um, I I I just kind of labeled these. I don't know if they fit with what <laughs> with the labels that you gave them, but mm-hmm. not not a lover of money. Right. So not uh, not being um, kind of what what you talked about in uh, chapter six, not being controlled by money. Mm-hmm. Um, verse eight, someone who's patient, right? Right. Uh, verse nine, slow to anger. Verse ten, I like verse ten. Mm-hmm. I like verse ten. I think that's uh, I think that's yeah. Good. Uh, do not say why is it that the former days were better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's unwise. Uh, so don't live in the past. Yeah, people people live in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we see that with people that long for the good old days. Um, that was one of the criticisms of Donald Trump's um, yeah, I'm campaign. Glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because make, make America great again. Make America great again. Uh-huh. Um, it was, uh, I understand the political strategy, um, but the weakness of that message as you can see the weakness of it and how it's been exploited by the other side. Yeah. And what I found to be interesting <clears throat> is in a commentary written, who knows how long before Donald Trump, probably like 50 years before he ever, you know, had aspirations to do much of anything in life. Um, commentary brought that out. They say, you be careful to think that the former days were the good old days. Because they weren't for everybody, right? <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" Like, and that's what they exp- they, they so they mm-hmm. they used that phrase right. against him in their own, right? Um, because it it wasn't the good old days for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's not what he meant. I don't believe. I think they've twisted. Well, I mean, twi- they've yeah, twisted I mean, it in can, a way. Yeah, he never I mean, meant. Ca- campaign slogans are right. easily twisted, right. right? And so, yeah, of course, they'll say, "Well." Yeah, it was a good old day for you. It was always the good days for you. Mm-hmm. You're white male. <laughs> right. It wasn't for women. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for minorities. Yeah. You want to go backwards? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but you got to be careful too. I mean, even we're not talking about political stuff um, because for the Christian, you can't ever say that. Yeah. If you're a Christian right now, the past is always the bad old days. Mm. And tomorrow and the day before that are always the good days yeah. that are coming. Right. They have to be, or else sanctification is is not real. 
Yeah. Well, I think that we could even, I mean, put it into Solomon's context. Um, the the days of Solomon's reign were times of unparalleled prosperity and peace mm-hmm. for the nation of Israel. But even that is not the promise that God gave to mm-hmm. Abraham. Right. Right. Um, that um, this would bring, bring blessings to the the entire world. Yes. Um, yeah. That the Messiah would come. That that uh, the promise of Genesis three fifteen would be fulfilled. So e- even even as great as Solomon's kingdom is, that's not that's not the hope. Right. The hope is not backwards. It's forwards. And it's you know if you just think about it for a minute, it's just another way to escape mm. the present. Yeah. It, you're indulging some fantasy of the past. Mm. You're escaping the present. That's not wise. Live in the present moment. This is here. It's gone. I mean, the past doesn't even exist anymore. Right. So wise people, they don't they don't do that. Mm -hmm. They live in the present moment that they have. So yeah, it's it's good. It's a good it's good advice. Yeah. Uh, and then eleven and twelve is wisdom is better than money. Yeah. So the comparison is um, money can provide you protections in a world prone to adversity. Yeah. If you have if you have money and you have you have inheritance, you have land, you've got some stability in your life, even when bad things happen, you've got that type of protection. Um, so wisdom's like that. Wisdom can protect you in the way that wealth can. Mm. But it's better because yeah. money can't make you really live. Mm. Um, you can have all the money in the world and just be existing. And we are, you know, we talked about that a great detail in the last one on money idolatry. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to have uh, wisdom. You have wisdom, and you actually have um, access to a life that the rich don't, which they would never want to admit that. But a poor person, <laughs> right. you know, the school janitor who fears the Lord, who walks in the fear of the Lord and mm-hmm. has biblical wisdom, enjoys a life they could never dream of. Mm. Right, counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but biblical truth. Right. So, and this is again, this is supposed to help us to prepare for adversity. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you're if you're already thinking and living in this way, then when adversity hits, you're right. prepared. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, wisdom is essential for living. Right. Just compare two people, like. Let's take the guy in the the uh, the janitor, and let's take the janitor, and let's take Elon Musk. Okay. All right. Let's say adversity hits Elon Musk. He loses everything. Um, he loses, you know, who knows? It's total calamity in his life. Um, this wisdom, biblical wisdom, it teaches us that the janitor is going to make it through a total calamity better than a totally, you know, the richest man in the world mm. who doesn't have wisdom. Yeah. Um, he'll make it through and be fine, whereas the other, who knows what could happen. Mm. He end up in a, in a crazy house. Do they still have crazy houses? Am I allowed to say that, too? <laughs> they don't have them anymore, I don't think, George. I don't think they put people in places like that, do they? Um, no, they do. Cause they that's, do. That's where they put they, Kanye. They <laughs> Remember that? They put him in there. Yeah. I don't think they call it crazy houses anymore. Old, but. Yeah. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm. They don't make movies like that anymore. Yeah. 
That's just not allowed. I don't know. I got you distracted. <laughs> just trying to, just trying to think. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Where we're going, George? Is <laughs> but um, if adversity it, hits you that it, hard, you know right? this. It, right. If you don't have biblical wisdom, right. the idea is like, who knows what will happen to and you. And this this takes this takes that humility that you were talking about in the mm-hmm. in the first um, the first section because this, like you said, it's counterintuitive. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the example is from uh, why why would chapter you, five? He why, gave an example. Why wouldn't you want to be happy all the time and laughing all the time and receiving compliments right. from people and having money and and right. It, that's the that is the wisdom of the world right that this is the way that it should be and yeah. a lot of Christians they can fall into that trap right that um, you got to be happy all the time yeah, yeah. You, you look at I mean we we kick him all the time but you look at Joel Osteen mm-hmm. I mean he's always got this goofy smile on his face and that's that's kind of this persona that um, he he presents to the world and that's the message that he gives that right. um if you are God's child then you're always going to experience favor and these blessings and what that means is good things are always going to happen yeah. for you right and so if you're if you listen to someone like him and you buy into that message then when reality hits because that's not reality um when bad things happen when when uh you you don't experience you know quote unquote favor <laughs> right in the way that he's defining it um you're going to you're going to experience despair yeah yeah you will so you have to you have to uh you have to have that that posture of humility and and faith that this is true wisdom this is the way that god has mm-hmm. um this is the way that god um has designed for his children to live in this fallen world so that they might experience true blessings that's right, right? yeah that's true yeah, I can't remember. Did I use them as an illustration? I had them down in my notes. Um, I, I think, think so. I had them in the section on rebuking. There's a reason so. why people well, love to listen well, to him. Right, right, yeah. He's I never going think. to rebuke. You, you used all the, uh, you used your fellow elders in yeah, that yeah, section. Yeah, did. Uh, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little offended. A little, hey, hey, it's cold. You have it's it on cold. right I'm now. Right? You, yeah. you, you became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. yeah. You'll have it on in August as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back and listen. To it. You know, there's plenty of there's plenty of sins that you could have pointed out. I don't I think wanna, that I don't think be nice. being I don't think being being cold all the time is huh? well. You can. I, I mean, that's I'm a weak, here. That, that's definitely a weakness. I'm here to that's take your confession weakness, if you'd like to. <laughs> if you'd like to on air, <laughs> there's plenty of other things that you could point out that uh, I could be rebuked for. <laughs> the Joel, Joel yeah. Osteen you brought up. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly true. Everything you're saying, and he's never going to rebuke you. Yeah. So everyone loves to listen to him, right? Because he he's like the laughter of fools in your ear. Yeah, he'll tickle your ears, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Last point: verses thirteen and fourteen. God is sovereign over adversity in your life. That's where it all comes to. Right. Yeah. Consider the work of God, and this is where he comes. Consider the work of God. Can can you make straight what he's made crooked? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I love the way that he talks. Um, right now, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put into the word "crooked" mm. our 21st century right. Western understanding that you know we we a crooked person is a morally bankrupt person. Mm-hmm. That is not what he's saying about God. Right. The word means to be bent, like something that's bent. Yeah. So can you 
could you straighten out something that God bent? Mm-hmm. And the obvious answer is, well, man would think that they can, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a logical, you know, thought. Give a, a thought exercise would be um, a circle is a continuous bending. Mm-hmm. Well, can you all of a sudden decide that that's a straight line now and make it straight? Right. You can't alter the fabric of the universe. Like, yeah. uh, and that's the idea here too. Yeah, you're going along your your life. Um, everything's going as planned, and then providentially something happens. Yeah, um, you get into a car wreck, or mm-hmm. you know, you lose your job, or it, just something, something unplanned, unexpected. Yep. That this is from God, as we'll we'll see in verse fourteen. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't unbend that. Right, and so you, you you're to consider it though. Mm. To consider it is like to see is to see in your mind. Mm. Is to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's what that's how we get this word consider. But it's inter- it's more interesting, I think, if you go at it from that angle. You're to contemplate it, consider God's working in this way. Yeah. Not just to go, oh, well, I guess you know whatever is is. You're to actually <laughs> right. think about what has happened and how God has made it this way. Mm. So consider the work of God, and you should do that also. Consider his work in the Bible and how he's done mm. things in a similar fashion. Yeah, um, with all kind, with many of the Bible characters from the very beginning. Abraham is given these great promises, and his he has to see, he has to by faith look forward to this these promises being fulfilled. He doesn't even he only gets to see the one son come, but yeah. even that promise that he gets to see fulfilled only comes after he's messed all this stuff up. Mm-hmm. So it's through all this adversity that he only gets to see one part of the promise. He doesn't even get to see all these other things. Yeah. And then, I mean, you have all of these other characters. Joseph. <laughs> Talk about uh, something that God makes crooked. Right. I mean, Jacob's, Jacob's in the land. He's got his 12 sons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, the Joseph, <laughs> the Joseph situation happens. Right. Uh, unexpected, unforeseen, and yet it's all from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. He's like the perfect story of mm. God's providentially working, not spinning after the fact, you know, human sin, right? But ordaining even that which happens for the good of His people. Yeah. So you're to consider those things so that you could properly consider what's going on in your own life. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the day. Again, I'm reading LSB. In the day when there is good, be of good cheer. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that balances out um, earlier uh, verses one through four. Mm-hmm. That it's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to walk around <laughs> right uh, depressed all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like there, God has given us laughter. Yeah, he, you don't. He has be, given. He has given good days. You don't have to run around like. A, Becoming a funeral crasher. <laughs> right. Like I got to get my funeral in for the day. Uh huh. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Uh, you know, uh, Roy, our yeah. oldest oldest member. Yeah. Um, he loves to go to funerals. Yeah. Because he maybe, says it's where you hear the best the best sermons. Maybe he's trying to become the wisest man alive. He does. Uh, he does love these verses. He was excited that you were preaching them. Okay. Uh, I hope I didn't let him down because he he talks about that. Oh, a lot. It is. We've we've planned his funeral. You got it all planned out. <laughs> yeah, we talk about him. We talk about him dying. He comes and visits about once a week, and we talk about him dying 
<laughs> probably every other week. Smarter. Is he gonna? Well, can we prop him up like in the old west? Hey, maybe, maybe. You should ask him. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch, uh, you watch, um, Unforgiven. Yeah. When uh, when uh, Morgan Freeman dies, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood goes through and he's propped up. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't want to see that these days, George. We don't want to see death. Yeah. I'm glad that you uh, you announced all your funeral plans to uh, the church. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, that makes the planning a lot there easier. There you go. It's going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a life celebration. Yeah. If that's what people are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> a little montage. Yeah. No. No? Yeah. All right. Um, but there, God does give good days, and we can... I mean, rejoice it, in those things. I mean, yeah. Jesus, Jesus was wise. Yes, um, Jesus lived with the day of his death in view. Yeah, right. He he knew um, what was what was coming. Um, he still went to parties. I mean, they they still called him a a glutton and a drunkard because he always was going to to dinners mm-hmm. at people's houses. Like he was a man of sorrows, but he still was a man who. Um, was happy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, it, how many times has Solomon admonished over and over <clears throat> that you're to enjoy today? Right. Like, eat and drink and be happy mm-hmm. and enjoy what you have as a gift from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, several times, or at least three. But the verses one through four <clears throat> remind us not to make those those uh, those happy happiness uh, those those um sources of happiness ultimates right right yeah yeah um and in the day in the day when there is evil um consider god has made the one as well as the other right and yeah. that uh, that can be hard for for people mm-hmm. and yet that's what this whole passage has been teaching us is that god is sovereign over right even um even evil yeah um well, I mean, what what hopelessness would we have if that wasn't true? Mm-hmm. If the if this verse wasn't true, I I don't know. I mean, you would be at the mercy of a meaningless universe, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Meaningless, uh, random, yeah, filled with chance encounters of mm-hmm. a variety of every kind. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how. You could have any type of real stability. Yeah. I guess just tune that all out and live. Try to be oblivious. I, I don't know. I don't know how you, how you could possibly. possibly the the live. only the only way that Romans eight twenty eight can be true, and and Christians love to quote Romans eight twenty eight mm-hmm. that we know that for those who love God, all things work for their good. Yeah. Right. The only way that, that can be true is if Ecclesiastes seven fourteen is true. Right. You, you can't have one without the other, because if if uh, God hasn't made the day of evil also, then, like you said, it's just chance, and how can we know that um, all yeah. things are going to work for our good if there's something outside of his His control? Right, yeah. And, th- you know, this does make people kind of feel uncomfortable, <clears throat> and I think maybe it's because, you know, one— uh, well, I don't think maybe this applies to folks in our church, but a lot of people grow up and they live their whole lives in churches that never talk about these these truths ever. Well, you got to be happy. I mean, that's why people. That's why I don't know. 
if you've heard this criticism, but you have to put on a mask mm-hmm. when you come to church. Mm-hmm. Like when people ask how you're doing, you have to say, I'm doing fine. Right. Like you, you, you don't, you don't say, well, I'm going through, you know, some tough times. Right. Um, people feel like they have to be fake. Yeah. Because Christians aren't supposed to have bad days. Like it's all, it's all good. It's all blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, um, this verse reminds us that we're going to have bad days. Right. <laughs> there's, there's going to be those days when um, our path is, is bent, mm-hmm. when it's crooked. But the hope is that God is sovereign over these things. Yeah, and he and he is. And as strange as you think about it, as strange as it is to make a monument to a, a, the bull weevil, mm-hmm. we do something even stranger, right? Early, early on, Christians started utilizing the symbol of the cross, mm-hmm. and that's stranger than having a monument <laughs> to a bull weevil. You yeah. ha- we have we have a emblem, a monument. Mm-hmm. To human torture, mm. torture to death, yeah, a, a torture device, and that becomes a symbol of hope and prosperity, mm. not earthly, but right, eternal prosperity and eternal life. Yeah. The symbol of death, and it's a very odd thing, yeah. In the way that I guess the bull, you know, the bull weevil monument is, but yet Christians have uh, rightly so seeing that even in the worst adversity that's ever occurred on the face of the earth. The worst day that's ever occurred mm-hmm. on the face of the earth that God ordained. Yeah. Like this was not a chance day. We 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 talk about the cross as if it's a bad thing. Yeah. But the reality is it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Worse, um, worse than the fall. It's, right. It's the worst thing that's ever happened in human history and it's God that was God ordained. And it's the best, the best example that you could ever possibly give to the the great mystery that uh, God is sovereign even over evil, because what happened was evil, mm-hmm. and the people did it freely, mm-hmm. and that's how their pre- Peter preaches to them that way. Yeah, that they crucified their their own Messiah, the <clears throat> one who has been promised to them from ages past. They crucified him at the hands of lawless men. Uh, they're morally accountable for what they did. That's why he calls them to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did it according to the predetermined plan of God. Right. The day is the day was planned long ago. Yeah. Uh, before time ever existed, God had planned uh, this day of adversity. You could say the day of adversity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can see in it that God is, um, if that's true, and it is true, then it is true for us too. Mm-hmm. No, nothing ever happens in our life. A Christian should know this. Nothing ever happens in your life that wasn't sifted through God's hands. Mm -hmm. And who is He? He's a loving Father, right? Um, how can it be that some Christians go through enormous amounts of suffering and pain? Right. Enormous. Uh, I can't. I can't even begin to identify with them. (laughs) <laughs> but I think at the end of time, at the end of time, they will say that um, what God had worked in their life ultimately turned out in the end for their own good. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that can be, and I'm sure when people are going through it, they can't understand how that can be. Right. Um, but it's 
to believe to be believed uh, by by faith. We're to see it. We're to consider it. To see it with the eyes of faith, because um, we don't have we don't have the perspective to see. We can't see beyond it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Flavel again. He wrote a, a bunch about are you, Providence. Are you reading a lot of Flavel lately? I, you know, I've, I, it's just coming to my mind because he he wrote a lot about Providence. Um, he, uh, you've probably heard this um, this illustration used before. Um, it may have originated with him. Providence is like a curious piece of tapestry made of a thousand shreds, which single appear useless. But put together, they represent a beautiful history to the eye. Mm. Um, and you you turn a tapestry to the backside, right? And it's just, yeah. I mean, you exactly. Can't tell yeah. what you, you can't, can't tell, tell what, what it is, it. right? It's just a bunch of bunch of colored string. But you turn it around, and you see the you see the design, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's providence, right? Um, on on the um, when you're going through it. You you don't see how it's all coming together, mm-hmm. but um, on the day when Christ comes and history is brought to its its end and we're glorified, we'll see how all of those those pieces of providence have worked for our good. Right. Right. Yeah. So to kind of tie it all up together, um, this theme here is adversity and wisdom. They're intertwined here. So um, before adversity. Seek the wisdom from above, which teaches us that God is sovereign, that he is good, that he loves us. Um, And then to live in the world, we are to be seeking adversity in the places that God tells us to seek it. We can seek it um, in life's situations. We can seek it in his word. We receive, receive the wisdom of God. And that prepares us then for when the time of adversity comes uh, and we're in it, uh, then we can persevere in faith. Mm. Right? Without it, without it, we how can we persevere? If you have the wisdom of the world, I don't see how you can possibly keep going. And that's why so many people leave the faith when they uh, encounter um, problem pro- the problems. The problem of evil right. is the number one pe- reason people leave the church. Mm-hmm. So before that comes, um, you have this wisdom that that is from above, and that becomes the means by which God is able to persevere you through your adversity yeah okay yeah very good very good uh i encourage you to go back and listen to jay's sermon from uh from this past sunday it uh it helps as a companion to this uh, this podcast and if you uh if you think about it this week be in prayer for jay as he prepares for a difficult passage for this <laughs> this right. next week yeah. but uh if this has been beneficial for you please make sure to like subscribe share And uh, as always, we hope that this helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ. So until next time, uh, God bless, and we will see you for Free for All Friday.